Eagles are at the podium, and we have it covered for you thanks to the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL, that's K-I-S-T, and make sure you're following at BGN underscore radio on Twitter, leaving those five-star ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts, and shout out to the most recent reviewers, Fats Watson, DC Savage 23, Glassmania 12, Steven Glaus, and Dan F17. We love you here at BGN. Thanks for loving us back. Today, we have Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz fielding questions from the media. He talks about the third and eight backbreaker touchdown given up to Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool, where Nate Gary was tasked with carrying Claypool down the field, which you probably won't be satisfied with the answer. I know I wasn't. He was also asked about the Steelers' third down success, which was to the tune of over 70%. The lack of resources the Eagles have poured into the linebacker position, which has been a real sore spot for them. His thoughts on the Baltimore offense that's upcoming and much more. A quick note before we go. If you want coverage of the NFL beyond just the Eagles, make sure you're subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show. You can hear me on Mondays and Wednesdays with BGN's own BLG, may he reign forever, rocking the mic on Tuesdays. And we have a great lineup over there covering all things NFL. Plug in SB Nation NFL show into your search bar in whatever podcast app you're using and go subscribe to that right now. All right, without further ado, here's Jim Schwartz talking with the media on Tuesday. You've looked at that third and eight play quite a few times since Sunday night. Doug has 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 praised Ben for his recognition skills at noticing the mismatch and, and checking to it. But from your standpoint, I mean, should a t- should a timeout have been called? Should Rodney have shaded closer to that side? Uh, should Gary have backed up more? What what should have happened on that play? Well, backing up isn't in our. Um in our lexicon when it comes to that situation, we're trying to hold them out of field goal range. Um, It's two point game. Um, We had just missed that field goal and we got a chance to get the ball at midfield, get them stopped, you know, maybe force them to do a long field goal of their own. Um, We're trying to stop the first down there. And, um, you know, we had injury at corner, trying to protect the corners a little bit more at that point. And we put the stress on the inside, uh, on the inside players, um, which was different than what we had been doing in that situation. Um, what we had called was good against what they had called, but Ben recognized it. It's probably inside of the 15 seconds for being able to change the call. Um, you know, I, th- I think that it just turns into um, every defense has a strength, and they also have a sp- spots that um, you know that that aren't as strong. Ben went to the spot right there. They made the play. But as far as as being aggressive, um, we're trying to stop the first down right there. And and that's what Nate's trying to do. So he sits down on that route because that's where the sticks are, and he goes over the top. It's a, it's similar to a corner giving up a double move. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's probably different things we can do. But it, what that does is that puts the stress on other people on the defense. You know, you blitz, you put the pressure on the corners, you play man. You have pick problems, and you put the pressure on on those guys. Um, you know, and any there, there's no magic answer for any of those situations. But I think the bottom line is we're playing aggressive. We're trying to keep them out of field goal range right there. Um, you know, they made us pay for that aggressiveness. Tim and then Zach. Tim, you guys have the the least amount of resources in the NFL committed to the linebacker position this year, and you've like you know you've seen guys like Jordan Hicks, Kamu, L.J. Fort come and go during your time. Uh, why is the linebacker position not a priority? Um, is it is that a, an organizational thing? Is is that part of your philosophy? What's what's behind that? 
No, every position is a priority for us. Um, I mean, every position is important on the field, you know, and, and, you know, so I, I don't, and I, and I disagree that we haven't spent resources on it. I mean, you know, like you, you mentioned some of those guys we've had, we pay free agent money to guys like Nigel. Um, you know, this year we put some draft picks uh, in there. Um, you know, it, we have the guys that we have. We're going to work hard to uh, put those guys in good position. But I, I, I don't think from anyone's standpoint, it's not a priority for us. Zach and then Jeff. Hey, Jim, we've, as, as, as far as those mixed direction runs, the wide receivers have the most rushing yards, rushing attempts, and rushing touchdowns against your defense in the league. Why do you think that is, and what needs to be done to fix that? Well, the the misdirection stuff was more problem going back to the Rams game. Since then, I think our guys have really done a good job of focusing on of narrowing our focus. You look at this game, I mean, you can't take any one play away. I mean, I'd love to take that last third and seven away. You can't do it. I'd love to take the 58-yard reverse away. You know, can't do it. But if you do, you're talking about holding the team to about 2.7 yards a carry. And that's a good running team, running backs that are averaging 5.7, you know, 5.8 yards a carry. Um, so I thought our guys did a good job of those misdirection things and those distraction things um, really turned into one play. We got to get that play tackled for, you know, eight, 10 yard gain um, and then live to fight the next down as opposed to, um, you know, giving up the, you know, the sort of the backbreaker in that situation when you give up that uh, that long play. Um, you know, we were known as a team that stops to run teams are attacking the run a little bit different, trying to get on the perimeter. Um, but I think a lot of that stuff really came from the Rams game, really getting on the edge this game. I mean, and again, you can't take one play away, but if you take, if you make that 58 yard or whatever, eight yards or 10 yards, the other plays really weren't, you know, backbreakers, you know, they were gaining, you know, first down and two yards to gain or, you know, play in the red zone where they gain, you know, two yards and you're contesting it. Um, you know, I think it, it, it's 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 sort of life in the NFL right now. Everybody's doing the same kind of things. A couple of years ago, it was only maybe one or two teams that were using a lot of the jet motions and jet sweeps and things like that. Um you know, it just it, it puts more pressure on your corners to tackle. It puts more pressure on your nickels to tackle. And, um, you know, it, it turns it into sort of a um, responsibility option type game because everybody has to do their job. They hand the ball inside. Everybody needs to be in those gaps. You can't overplay for a jet sweep. If you do, you're going to get gashed inside. If you overplay inside and nobody takes the outside, you can give up plays out there. So... Um, it just puts more emphasis on, you know, 11 guys doing their job and making the tackles that come to them. Jeff and then Dave. Uh, Jim, you mentioned about, uh, about the resources devoted to linebacker. Well, the Nigel extension was two off seasons ago and the two draft picks, they're not playing on defense at all, pretty much at all this season. So why wasn't there enough resources allocated towards linebackers who, who are play actually playing this year? Well, I'll leave, I'll leave team building stuff and um, roster management and stuff to Doug and Howie. Um, you know, so I, I really can't answer um, your question right there. Um, I'm confident in the guys we have. Um, we're getting the young guys up to speed. Um, you know, I think our emphasis on 11 guys playing better, not any one position. Go ahead, Dave, and then John McMullen. 
about those young linebackers though, Jim, we, we haven't seen them obviously much since, uh, since training camp, Sean got a few snaps on Sunday. How have they played and how close are they are maybe having a, a role in the defense? Yeah, they're all making progress. They're physically talented, um, you know, and uh, when we can work them in, we'll work them in when it makes sense um, to the 11 guys on defense. Um, we're in the, we're in the, in the business of trying to do whatever we can to win games and, and, and doing what we think is best to win games. And uh, when it's time for those guys, um, we think it's best for us to win games with them on the field. We'll do it. John and then Kristen. Hey, Jim. Uh, third downs. Obviously, you came in top 10 in the league, I think sixth overall. Uh, not a lot of success against the Steelers. Was there, and I think Ben didn't have an incompletion on third downs. Was there any theme to that? Yeah, he was. He was uh, he was on fire. You know, you've run against quarterbacks like that. I remember, I think it was a game last year, Breeze went like 29 for 30 or something. You guys, I think it was Indianapolis. Um, you know, there, there's sometimes where a quarterback gets hot and it just puts more emphasis on you have to take advantage of the times that you have. Um, we missed a tackle on a third down and five. We got a chance to get off the field. Um, we jump off sides on a third and nine and it makes it a third and five, which is really, really hard to stop. He was, he was going to the right spots. He was making accurate throws. Um, and when that happens, when you get a guy like, I mean, we blitzed, I mean, he wasn't letting the blitz get him. He was, uh, he was going to throw uh, to the shallow cross, pick up a first down on that. Um, you know, when that, when that happens, it just puts more emphasis on you as a defense that you got to play mistake-free football. And, um, you know, whether it's a call by me or whether it's a penalty, um, we didn't have any, like, mental errors in this game. But whether it's a physical error, like a, a missed tackle or a penalty, a, um, you know, a, lap, a mental lapse when it comes to a jumping off sides or physical mistake like a, like a DPI, all of those give a hot quarterback a second opportunity. And, you know, sometimes you can go out and hold a quarterback to 20% on third down and things like that. When he's hot like that, um, you got you got to scrap to get 50%. And if you don't scrap and you don't, you know, if you make mistakes, it's going to be 75% or whatever it was in that game. Um, it just puts, it, it puts more of an emphasis on us and playing mistake-free football. And, um, you know, I think that there was too many opportunities for him to make another play. Hey, Jim, going back to the linebacking court for a second, in past years, we've seen Nigel Bradham be, you know, the vocal leader for, for that group. I'm curious through five weeks who you've seen step up and, and fill that, that needed leadership. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of different people take vocal roles, um, and it's changed as it went, you know, when – and I hate to go too much into our past – but, um, you know, when Nigel came, Jordan Hicks was sort of that guy for us. And then Jordan got hurt and Nigel, you know, took over that role when when Jordan was out. Um, we've had a lot of different players at a lot of different positions, um, you know, take leadership and, and take roles. Um, and, you know, I think that if you ask if you ask the guys on the defense, um, you know, I think we're getting good leadership out of that position. Go ahead, Martin. And then Chris. Hey, Jim, if I could ask you um, about the Ravens, you know, what kind of challenges does Lamar Jackson present? And also, um, they seem to be another team that goes pretty strongly with their tight ends and, and Andrews and, and Nick Boyle. I was wondering if you can kind of 
talk about that as well. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson's probably the most dangerous player in the league um, because there are times you can do everything on everything right on defense and um, can't catch him. Or, you know, he can throw a ball sidearm underneath of a, a free rusher and complete a pass. Um, I think that you got to have a resilient attitude when you play him and you know that a playmaker like him is going to make some plays. You just have to limit his big plays and you have to stay resilient. You can't, um, you know, you sort of can't hang your hat if he ends up uh, ends up making a play. They're a strong running team, not just with Lamar Jackson, but with Mark Ingram, um, with, um, you know, the rookie that's back. All their running backs are, are good, powerful running backs. They're a power running team, strong offensive line. Um, and it's not just the tight ends. I mean, they, they got wide receivers that make big plays for them. Um, you know, again, it's a, it's another another offense. You try too hard to take one thing away. You devote too many resources to you know stopping Lamar Jackson's feet. Um, there's plenty of opportunities in the pass game, or there's plenty of opportunities to hand the ball to someone else. Um, you know, you see teams overplay option and and get gashed up the middle, or you see teams you know play too tough up the middle and they're vulnerable to option. Um, you know, a little bit like some of the things we just talked about um, with Pittsburgh, uh, with the with the jet motions and things like that. Um, you know, option football stuff that they do with quarterback runs just puts emphasis on all eleven guys. You have to play responsibility football. You have to make the plays to come to you, and uh, you got to get guys on the ground tackling. It puts emphasis on all those things. Chris, and then Les. And piggybacking off what Martin asked, when it comes to using a spy on Lamar Jackson, how do you balance that versus the resources that you have on your defense? And how do you limit that uh, him from making big plays? Yeah, that's something a lot of people do. We've done it in the past against um, against different quarterbacks. We'll see what we get to with Sunday with, you know, different schemes. There's a lot of ways to, to try to battle, um, you know, scrambling quarterbacks or guys with legs. And, you know, I mean – you can you can blitz. You can play visual zone where you have a lot of eyes on him. You can play man with spies. Um, you know, there's there, there's a lot of different ways to um, to be able to handle that. Um, I don't want to give too much of what we would do personnel wise when it comes to uh, when it comes to Sunday, but that's certainly that's certainly a thing. Is um, you know his his run keepers on first and second down, and then scrambling to keep plays alive. I think that's a little bit underestimated with Lamar Jackson. Everybody talks about him scrambling a lot of times on third down. He's more just buying time. He's using his arm. He's finding guys that are wide open because the stress it puts on the defense with him buying time back there. He certainly can run and, and, um, you know, and gain yards and gain first downs. But I think you're seeing a little bit more of him sort of buying time in the pocket buying some time and it puts it you know it really says look you got to get those guys covered before anything else you got to get guys covered and then you can take care of the quarterback less and then nick fiero hey jim it looks like rub routes are giving you guys a lot of trouble is this uh, a function of guys not having played a lot of man before this year or how do you see it what's going on there well, we we have been playing a lot more man than we've played pretty well, pretty much at any point in five years that I've been here. And having a guy like Slay leads to a lot of that stuff. And 
you know, that's one of the things that teams want to try to do is they want to try to get pick situations and 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 rubs and you know little underneath screens and and stuff like that and try to work away from them. Um, you know, it's just stuff that you have to deal with. You know, you go and look at any team that played a lot of man in the league. That's what they have to deal with. Um, you know, I think that some of the some of the pick getting guys free stuff. Um, you know, it, like matching up bunches and things like that really haven't been as much as some of the stuff that like we saw in this game. It really wasn't picks as much. It was getting guys underneath and blocking ahead of the ball and and catching those. And again, you overplay that and then you get real vulnerable to the, you know, the the bunch routes that come into it. So it's a balance of both and um, it just puts a stronger emphasis on execution. We've got time for two more, so Nick and then Ed. Um, yeah, hi, Jim. Just keeping with that theme. The uh, There's a lot of keeping with that themes today. <laughs> yeah, you just, uh, you know, you seem like you're playing more man this year, and I guess that has to, uh, something to do with having Darius Slay. But uh, uh, is, that, is that kind of uh, transition complicated by not having the, uh, you know, by not having an offseason? Yeah. Um. Ah, that's no excuse. Um, we have plenty of time. We have plenty of time to get ready. Um, you know, it just it it adds different layers of I won't say complexity because that's that's really not a good word. But um, you know, just just different. Um, I, don't, I don't really know the best way to, to put it, but different different things for us to have to um, to combat and different things. If you're a zone team, you're not worried at all about picks. You know, you're just you're just leveraging off. Um, if your man team picks are a big problem, if you're his own team, um, you know, there's different things in there with, you know, trying to conflict zone defenders, giving them high lows, giving them horizontal stretches, giving vertical stretches. It, it's it's just it is what it is. Um, what you play on defense, there's like I said, there's there's really no defense that has that stops everything. There's a little bit of give and take when it comes to it. If you want to play tight coverage, if you want to get up in guys' faces and challenge guys a little bit more, which is uh, something that we've done this year, then all of a sudden it comes with um, it comes with some other things that you're going to have to battle. Go ahead, Ed. Hey, uh, hey, Jim. Just to get back to that third and eight, uh, well, you know, with uh, Nate covering Claypool. Um, when you see Claypool kind of motion into the slot there, and you see Nate on him, do you? Do you think about calling a timeout in that situation, or is that a process where you have to go to Doug and say, we need a timeout here to get into a different uh, type of defense? Yeah, you know, timeouts have never – that's always been the head coach's responsibility here. Um, You know, there's been a couple times over the years that we've had 10 guys on the field, and, um, you know, that's up to Doug. Doug has to weigh that with saving timeouts for we get them stopped and, um, you know, we're trying to go down and kick a game-winning field goal. You look at the end of our first half, boy, what a difference one timeout would have made for us, um, you know, in, in kicking a field goal at the end of the first half. So, um, you know, that that really never enters our um, thought process on defense. It's just executing what's uh, what's called and, um, you know, trying to balance. And, you know, again, in that situation, we were in zone defense, and in zone defense, there's a lot of times that you can end up with linebackers and safeties on wide receivers. It just depends on who's in your zone. And, um, you know, that's what uh, that's what happened in that situation.
P-G-N.